the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Right now, there's a situation brewing in the men's basic department. Men are being held hostage by overpriced brands that simply aren't mission-tested. That's why we're excited to tell you about Undertack, the only brand that's literally been battle-tested by special forces. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High-quality material that's antibacterial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day. Uh, I recently did a 30-mile run in preparation for an ultramarathon in a couple weeks wearing the Recon boxers, and they were absolutely incredible. I loved them. They have a quick-release fly and a secret pocket in the extra-wide waistband for cash or tactical necessities. Undertack is durable, ultralight, fade-resistant, and shrink-resistant. And here's the best part, they're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. Save 20% off your order with the offer code SITREP20. All one word, SITREP20. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. That is a great American company that's unapologetically pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. That's getundertack.com. GetUndertack.com, offer code SITREP20. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you with me. This is the show where we do our best to give you the perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I am your host today. And we are getting very close, maybe it feels closer than it is, but very close to elections that really could change the face of the country could change the face, certainly, of politics in the country right now. So much has happened over the last two years, and I think many of us feel completely upside down when we look at the political landscape. It's hard to know what's right and what's left, hard to know what is good and what is bad. So many things happening. And uh, as you know, I'm sure our current administration is moving so quickly to make so many of the changes that uh, I think they had ready to go. And we see all of this unfolding, and from time to time, we are able on this show to interview those who are running for office and those who have seen the changes, who understand the changes, who uh, personally have experienced many of these changes, and who have said, enough is enough, I'm going to get involved Today, we are able to have one of those conversations, and I'm thankful that we can. Uh, One of the unique things about our guest today is that she is not only running for Congress, which she is, but that she is a small business owner. She is a journalist and has been a journalist for a number of years, and she is an immigrant to the United States coming from the country of Venezuela, where so many of the changes that we are seeing put in place here in the United States happened in Venezuela, taking that from a prosperous, very strong economy to what it is today, a certainly warning for us, if not an indication of the direction we're going. And our guest today is able to speak on that, as well as so many other issues related to immigration and how we can move forward. Very grateful to have on today as my guest, Carmen Maria Montiel.
very thankful to have her with us. She is an author and journalist currently running for Congress's uh, for Congress in Texas's Congressional District 18, and uh, looking forward to having this conversation. What I just told you, which was very little, does not even begin to touch her story. Carmen, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jeremiah, for having me and giving me this opportunity to reach out to all your followers and everybody that watched your show. Yes, ma'am. Well, I am uh, excited. We tried to do this last week and just didn't line up. So we have an opportunity now. And the reason I wanted to, to kind of make sure we had enough time is because I really would love to hear your story. I, I've read your story, um, but a lot of folks don't know that. We're, we'll talk about your run for Congress, of course, and some of the things you're currently involved in. But can you talk, go back to the beginning and talk about um, where you came from, how you ended up in the United States, and what your life has looked like since then. Really, really kind of incredible uh, biography that you have. I don't even want to begin to try to touch it on my own. Well, I came to the United States when I was uh, 23 years old back in the 80s to further my education. And I graduated at East Tennessee State University from journalism uh, with honors. And I always say that because not only is very important uh, the fact that I graduated with honors, but the fact that I just happened to learn English uh, mm. only three years before then. And wow. so it's, it's much bigger accomplishment. The idea at the time was to go back to Venezuela because Venezuela at the time, in the 80s, Venezuela was booming economically. Venezuela was a free country. It was the most stable democracy in the region. And actually, Venezuela at the time was the only country in Latin America that had the opportunity to become a developed country. When mm. I grew up and I was going to college, you know, and we studied uh, geography and universal history, Venezuela was never referred as a third world country. We were a country on the road to development. Sadly, once, you know, the first uh, socialist communist, because I always put it together, socialism is sure. the entry door to communism, sure. uh, president won the election. Venezuela took a, 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 a turn uh, to the to the south, to the worst, and all the development and all the, the progress that we had at the time, that we were, you know, the beacon of prosperity and freedom in the region, it was all gone in a matter of, you know, one, two years. Just basically yeah. as fast as we're seeing is happening right now in the United mm. States. Yep. Um, when you look at the parallels between Venezuela then and the United States now, what are some of the things you would say are kind of the warning flags for you? This is what we should be watching that people aren't paying attention to. Well, I started noticing the, the changes and the similarities uh, as soon as Obama became president and the growth of bureaucracy started. You know, one of the things that I remember in growing up in Venezuela was my father complaining about the growth of bureaucracy. What happened with bureaucracy? Bureaucracy makes things more difficult, make things more costly. It's mm. an interruption to our, interrupt our freedom. So as soon as I start seeing the growth of bureaucracy in this country and the, 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 the laws implemented by Obama, I, was, I started to say, hey, you know, we're becoming more and more like Venezuela. And I started to realizing 
how all these new regulations and everything that were inflicting in our freedom. And, and, and I start paralleling that, and that's why I always tell people I come from the future because I come from Venezuela. I've I seen this happening before. I can tell you how this could end, and I yeah. said could because we can't stop it. And that's one of the reasons why I am running for country uh, for Congress because I said, you know what, it, I, I had I didn't have the chance to do anything for Venezuela because I was already in United States. I've been in yep. United States for the last thirty four years, but I can do something for this country. I, I I tell people this is my country now. I lost a country, but I will not lose another one. Yeah. You have a, a very unique view on what's happening right now, not only because you come from Venezuela and you watched that happen, but because you spent a lot of years in journalism uh, reporting on what was happening around the world. Um, I, I'd love to get your perspective on how journalism has changed, particularly, I mean, really in the last couple of years, but maybe over the period of time that you've been involved as a journalist. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because we're being moved in our opinions and understanding of the world by journalists, and, and that standard has really changed. Well, let me tell you, when I practice my career, I, I, I had a TV show in Venezuela, a morning show, and then I was here in Houston, the Encore Woman for Telemundo, and at mm. the time, Telemundo was in partnership with CNN for the Spanish-speaking programming. And, you know, we journalists were supposed to be neutral, and just right. report the news with the facts as they happen. Mm. Our opinion or our ideology uh, were never uh, allowed to be part of our delivering in the news, which mm. is what happening now. Right now, your ideology is part of that newscast. And the worst of it is, that conservative ideology does not have a space in media nowadays. And I tell people, you know, I stopped practicing years ago because all the processing in, in immigration and I have children. And I said, today, oh, I would have been fired a while ago because <laughs> right. I would not either I have to sign up with their propaganda because that's how I call it. It's not news anymore which it goes completely against my my moral and the way right. it was raised, or I just would have said, I'm sorry, and, and will not sign up, and of course would have been fired. And so we need more platforms that give us a, a, a voice. But most importantly, I think journalism needs to get back to what it was. We were to support, you know, report the facts, the truth, and our opinion as journalists and our yeah. ideology as journalists is not important. That's what you have, the people that you interview, mm. that give you the different views. And we used to interview right. people with the two different views. So we heard from right. the people, the two possibilities, the two views. But as the, 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 the journalists, the reporters, the anchor people were not supposed to inject our opinion on it. Why is... 
Why has that change happened? Is it simply because the journalists have just become more bold with their opinion and their own propaganda? Or is that top down? You know, the administration of CNN saying this is who we're going to support. This is what we're going to do. Where does that come from? I think it's become very confusing to even figure that out. Well, I think that what had happened is media nowadays is really owned by a group of conglomerates. And pretty much those conglomerates are, you know, the owners of each conglomerate are pretty much the Mm. same people. So these people are dictating how the programming is going to be. And so, like you say, it's from the top down. And and they either hire people that agree with them or some people just say, well, I need a, a check, a paycheck, and I just need to go along with the propaganda. Which is pretty, as as a journalist, uh, we were taught, you know, we have a very important responsibility because we have a great power as journalists. Yes. We can transform the the mentality and and, and the opinion of people. And that's why we're supposed to be neutral. But now they, I, and I remember, you know, we, we, Many classes that we have, they, they show us how there were ways to, to flash things to the viewer and everything to manipulate the mentality. And, and these are tools that are used in commercials, but mm. we were not commercials. So now what right. they have done right. is right. The, the tools that were used in commercials are now being used uh, with the newscasters. And I sometimes, you know, many years ago, of course, I stopped watching CNN. I stopped watching all of them because I couldn't handle it anymore. I was, you know, as a journalist, I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) But once in a while, I check them because I need to understand there's things that people tell you. You know, you you talk with people and they tell you things like, where are you getting that information? Where are you getting that from? So every so often, I check those channels. To understand what they're saying and to understand why people have these ideas that I actually, when, when you when you realize they're kind of crazy, but that's why you need to watch them and understand what they're doing because I'm immune <laughs> to their propaganda. <laughs> so. Yeah. So how does someone, and, and this is just such a fascinating conversation because journalism is so important and it's impacting so much of our, our public discourse. And I'll say on even the right, there are so-called journalists on the right who share the same position I share, but it's not journalism. It's, it's, it's the same thing that CNN is doing. It's just from a different perspective. How does a person, you're running for Congress, how does a person find out what's actually happening? How does someone learn what you're actually about? How does someone get real, truthful information in a world where there is so much propaganda? Where do they go for that? Well, let me tell you what happened is you have to research. You have to not watch the news. Just follow different, you know, outlets, read differently. Like you said, sadly, nowadays, you now have two viewpoints, the left and the right. And you just have to have common sense. And just, mm. you know, after you read the two, the two possibilities and just realize what common sense tells you is the reality on this. And what happened is right now there is a war against common sense. Yeah, right. right. You are not allowed to think. You are not allowed to have common sense. You just need to repeat as I told you. Repeat what I said. (laughs) You know. Yeah, right. Right. Pretty much that when they were teaching me English, repeat. Yeah. (laughs) 
man, it's uh, it's crazy, and it's hard to find truth. And that's really what we try to do here is is cut through some of the clutter and let's have real conversations and kind of long form conversations so that we can get there. Um, and you're right, it's a war on common sense. Uh, you're running for Congress, and again, I, I've said this many times, only half joking. I think the worst thing I can imagine doing with my life is going into politics. I mean, it sounds horrible to me, but I know people need to do it. And uh, it sounds horrible because it's an uphill fight. It's an uphill battle. There's so much at stake. And uh, I'm very grateful for people that do. Um, you, you've done so many things in your life. You, you are a business owner. You're an author. You're a mom. You're all of these things. And yet you still feel compelled to go into politics. Um, can you talk about what's compelled you? What's pushed you into this? This is not something you have to do. It's not a career choice. It's something you've chosen to do. What's pushed you this direction? Listen, I believe in, in the principle in which this country was founded. You know, this country was founded on the principles that we, the people, have yeah. the right yeah. and the power to control our lives. Right. And I believe that all of us should participate at some point in our lives and in politics and run for a position. I mm. don't think politics should be a career, should have never right. been so. Right. I think right. politics is service and we all should serve at some point in our life, because there is so many positions to run for yeah. locally, statewide, uh, you know, at the level of the city, the county, the state yep. and the federal uh, government, because right. we all have the right to control our life. Otherwise, what had happened is this career of politics has been invented. And now you have to be a politician to run for yeah. office. Right, and then these right. people think they have the power to control our, our life. They also now think that they know better than you and I, even to raise our children. And that's not right. Yes. So I think everybody from every background, whether they're doctors or lawyers or journalists or architects, whatever your career is, you should participate. And I'm doing it because, like I told you, I lost a country. I don't want to lose another one. So I raised my children. My girls already graduated from college. Both are going to, one is going to do a master. The other is going to go mm. to law school. I have a 17-year-old that we graduate from high school next year. And I said, this is my time to serve. Yeah. Uh, especially because I'm worried about the future of my children and my grandchildren. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope. And that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. 
Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, <laughs> I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went, and I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Man, that's good. What are your priorities as you look to um, getting into Congress? What are some of the top things that you see that need to be done, and how will you approach those? Well, the top three top uh, priorities right now for all citizens of the United States, this is, this is a nationwide problem we have right now. Yeah. It's crime, inflation, mm. and the border. And the border goes along with crime. Because, yeah. you know, we are allowing people that come here illegally. Once you cross the border illegally, you're already a criminal. You're breaking the law. Right, and many right. of them have a long history of crimes. And they're coming back and they are just being part of our community. And we don't know what's happening. And then with the new movement of allowing criminals to go free. Mm. So that's increasing our crime. Here in Houston... Uh, it's, it's a major problem because now we're number one in crime. We have surpassed yeah. Chicago. Look how wow. bad that is. Wow. And then inflation is really hurting, especially middle class and even the poor people because we're paying more for gas. We're paying more for food. Everything is off the roof. And, and our families, our people are not be able to, mm-hmm. you know, to provide for their families. And the standard of living is going down. And the standard of living going down is the plan of communism. You know, they want to erase middle class. They want for the standard of living to go down. And that's the most important thing that we need to do when we get to Congress. We need to close our borders. There is no country if we do not secure our borders. And talking about the similarities with Venezuela... What is happening right now in our border, that, that invasion of migrants, that this specific thing happened in Venezuela back in the 70s and 80s. And that's what I try to explain people. This is a manual. They follow step by step because at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is destabilize the country because what? Well, we have a growth, a vertical growth of immigration. No country have the infrastructure to absorb a growth of the population that fast. Then increase crime. Then it changed the personality of the country because these people come with a mentality of well, they're already breaking the law. And I always tell the children, the children of the people that are the migrants that went to Venezuela in the 70s and 80s were the people who voted 
for Hugo Chavez, the first communist mm. president. So right. it changed the personality of the country. And the, like I told you, it's the invasion of the border, similar to the United States, you know, uh, oh, the colectivos in Venezuela with a, another form of destabilize the country, also crime destabilize a country. They started having the colectivos attacking and burning properties and business outside. Well, no, that that's what's happening with BLM and Antifa here. So we need to to talk, you know, tackle those problems in countries and solve it and stop labeling it like it's a racial thing. Listen, you are committing a crime, whether you're a BLM, whether you're Antifa, whether, yeah. whether you are who you are that needs to be stopped. We need to get back to implement the laws of this country, whether it is immigration or anything. We need to get back to what this country has always been, a country of law. That's good. Um, if we were to stop immigration today, so, you know, something happened, uh, the Biden administration had a complete change of heart. They closed the border. No more illegal immigrants came across our border. We would still have millions of immigrants who have come from South American countries who are now in our communities. How can the Republican Party or how can the conservative movement work with those who have immigrated to the United States legally, legally or illegally from South American countries, and how can they bring them into kind of the conservative fold? So I think one way to, to address what you just described, which is exactly right, is to figure out how <laughs> to stop those kids from growing up to the place where they'll vote for socialists and they'll, they'll usher in communism. How can the conservative party reach them? And I don't think we've done a good job of doing that. Listen, uh, our party made a mistake by, by just pretty much just giving everything that has to do with education to the Democrats. And that's mm. why we have such <laughs> infiltration, not only in our universities, but even in our schools, looks what happened in the schools. Not only they're brainwashing the children in schools and university about the ideology of socialism, they're talking to our little kids about sex. They're talking yeah. to our little kids about gender uh, transformation. Yeah. You know, what happened with protecting the innocence of children? I am right. a mother. You know, yeah. I never in my life wanted anybody to, to, to disturb the innocent of my children. I wanted my children to be children and grow up normally, safe, healthy. And once they're yeah. adults, eventually they can do whatever they want. But that's not as, as long as, as a mother. And, and that's the mistake that our party made. You know, they allow them to, to take so much into education. And that's the first thing we need to do. We need to reestablish that. We need to implement laws where, you know, we're going to teach is the history of this country. And we need to teach the truth and reality of what communism mm. is and the damage and the death of millions of peoples historically caused yeah. by communism. And that yeah. needs to be at the school level, at college level, because we cannot educate the, this immigration if we don't start by just educating even our own people. And, sure. and making sure that that's the curriculum that is being taught in our college and universities and schools. So that's a major problem we have because how we're going to, we need to just start with the basis and then hoping that that's going to spread, spread to these people, to, yeah. to the newcomers that we have 
even though, you know, they are illegal here, they're not supposed to be. I always tell people there is two topics in immigration. It's legal immigration and illegal immigration. I am a legal immigrant and proud to be so. I respected mm. the laws of this country and I did what I have to do step by step. Took me years because it takes different years to different people depending on the yeah. situation, how they came. I came as a student. I have to go through many different visas or, until I was able to become a resident and then a citizen. But the reality is we're getting hundreds of thousands of people through the border daily. I myself mm. went to the border. 20 minutes. I'm going to tell you how bad this is. In 20 minutes, in one point of entry, and there is many points of entries across the border because the border is very large. Yeah. 20 minutes, 90 people plus children. That's how bad the situation is. Yeah. And they're just walking in. They're not being stopped. They're not being returned. They're actually registered. Bosses come pick them up and take them to a halfway house. This is what's happening in our country yeah. in a border. One of the the hard things I think from for people who don't come from you know the Hispanic culture to understand, when you look at a you know Hispanic family, typically they're very socially conservative. Uh, you know, a religious family. They care very much about family and about that family unit. Uh, very socially conservative, but when it comes to politics, politically liberal. Um, Maybe you can talk about that for a second, because that's a, that's a difficult thing to understand. When we look at the Republican Party, we would be socially conservative, typically or traditionally, but also uh, politically conservative. The liberals, though, are touching on socialism and on communism and are not explaining that that will cause the disintegration of the family and all of the other things that, that Hispanic families care about. Uh, why is there such a misunderstanding there? Is that media? Is that... Um, you know, something else? What's the agenda there? Well, I, I always said that Latinos were conservative at heart. Not only right. socially, family, financially, we're completely conservative at heart. But it is a problem of symbols and semantics. So we come to why do we leave our countries? Because the situation in our country has become unsustainable. We need, we are either under uh, a government that is oppressing us. And of course, if it is commun, uh, com if there are communist socialists, you know, of course, there is no way to improve or ma to maintain your level, your economical level of, of living or improve your economic level of living. living. So what happened is, first of all, when I talk about symbols, the color red around the world, the color red is the color of communism. So you come here, and mm. if you don't have much education, like I did, I, I, I went to college, I understood the history of the parties, and, and understood that actually the color red was not the color of the Republican Party, that actually our color was blue, and it was in the 80s when the media changed the colors. And what happened is the Republican Party did nothing about claiming our color back. So that's the first thing you turn away. Whenever we see red, listen, in Venezuela, I have come to the point that you don't wear red because if you wear mm. red, means you are a Chavista. You are part of the mm. regime. Then the semantics is we tend to think that 
democracy is the way to go. We all know democracies always destroy themselves. We need to have a republic like here in the United States. So we come thinking, well, we're pro-democracy. So you think that the Democrats are the way to go. So between the semantics and the color blue, they think, oh, this is the people that we need to vote for them because, oh, those, the red ones are the communists. Yep. And then all yep. the propaganda by the Democrats when they are saying, yeah, we care about you. We're the ones who care about immigrants. We're the ones. Yeah, they will. They care about illegal immigrants. But listen, you, you know, if we're a country of law, we should not be allowing it, it, illegal immigrants or, or supporting or opening the doors to that. And, and it's all a lie because they're just, you know, saying they care about them. They're saying they care about women. If they care about women, they will not be supporting transgenders that are taking away the, the places of women in sports. So it's all a lie. It's only a propaganda and that is actually taking us in the bad. But finally, Latinos are realizing the truth. And Latinos are mm. abandoning the Demo Democratic Party. Look what happened at the border in Texas. After decades, mm. for the first time, the Republicans are winning. Man, and, and these are these are positive things to see. I, it, it has. It seems like there has been a shift for sure. Is there a conservative news, um, a Spanish news outlet or network, or are are all of the, is all of the media to um, Hispanics? You know, come from a liberal liberal perspective. Well, sadly, we have only two outlets that you know that have pretty much most of the market, which is Univision and Telemundo, and they are completely to the left, but there are new um, uh, outlets coming up because there is a need. There is the market. The public wants it to have conservative outlets, and, and they are on the way. You know, there is one that just started uh, recently, and they are online, but they're going to be part of television pretty soon, Americano. But even they have to do their, their research well because I was interviewed yeah. by one of the reporters the other day and she attacked me like a liberal. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so what happened is the infiltration and people need to understand the left will infiltrate us. And right. see, that was an example of infiltration. It's already being right. fixed. But we have infiltration in our government what is called the rhinos, the Republicans in name only. They are an administration yes. because they are not Republican. They're actually right. Democrats saying they're Republicans. And when they get there, they're voting for the middle and mostly for the left. But they yes. are not voting for our conservative values. Yeah. Um, I saw a report the other day. It said that the number one issue for voters coming into the midterms is the economy. And that makes sense. Inflation is out of control. Right. Gas prices are out of control. I talked to an economist uh, maybe last week and, and asking him about inflation and some of these things. He said all of the issues we're dealing with economically are policy issues. And these, are, these are things that could be changed if the policy were changed. And as you get to Congress, what are some of the policy changes economically that you'd like to see happen that can really relieve some of the pressure that so many families are feeling? The first thing is we need to, to reactivate our oil production, first yes. and foremost. Yeah. And we need to reactivate the Keystone Pipeline. And I think just by starting with those two things, we're going to see the, the change and, and inflation right away. And, mm. and then there is more policies that we need to take into consideration, but that would be at the top of the list. 
Yeah, that's good. And do you think that something like that is sustainable? I, I this is, yes. um, I've been a bit discouraged because I've seen policies change and not the Republican Party not be able to hold on to those. Are those things sustainable? Can we start the Keystone Pipeline? Can we get these things going again and hang on to those? Well, if, you know, we get the majority of country in the Senate, we need to get that done. Actually, even the Biden administration could get that done right now. Yeah, right. We, we don't need to get there to do it. But what happened is they just don't want to do it. And because they want to to force people into uh, the green energy that is not only more expensive, it's, uh, it requires fossil fuel to be built Right, and it will right. destroy eventually our planet. The reality is what will destroy this planet is all this green energy they are fabricate, fabricating. And they want to force people. They say, oh, yeah, the gas is, is, is expensive, so you need to buy an electric car. You know how expensive it is, is an electric car? How many mm. people can afford an electric car? So, uh, so the solution is not that, that the Democrats are proposing is not even feasible. So we need just to get back to reality and, and, and because, you know, the production of, of gas is the most, uh, you know, green that we, we had having in all these latest years. And I said, why they wanted to, 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 to stop fracking? Why they wanted to stop? Because let me tell you, we need fossil fuel even to, even for this, for everything. So saying yes. that we are just going to completely stop using fossil fuel is the biggest lie there is. Do you feel like we're on a good course coming into the midterms? I know a lot of people kind of have different opinions about what's going to happen. What do you see happening in the midterms, uh, this near election? Well, let me tell you, I think where the people are awakening, they're realizing uh, about the lies of the Democrats. They're realizing that they made them hate Trump so much (laughs) that they voted not for their benefit, but against Trump. And now they're seeing the results. Mm. So what I'm seeing is that we are going to win. The red wave is going to be so big that there is no fraud they will try to implement that will be successful. Yeah, that's good. Let's uh, let's hope that is the case. And I believe we're moving that direction. Um, where can people follow your run for Congress, learn more about you? There's actually a lot of information about you out there and you're involved in, in so many different things. Where would you like for people to go? Well, go first to my page is Carmen for Congress, F-O-R, CarmenforCongress.com. Over there, you will get all the information about the campaign. If you are in, in Houston and you can become a volunteer, please sign up. If you are not in Houston, we need people making calls. It doesn't matter where you are in the whole mm. map of United States. You can become a volunteer making calls and especially donate. We, uh, sadly enough, this is the name of the game. We need to raise money in, sure. in order to win. So please visit my page, CarmenForCongress.com. Make a donation. It doesn't matter how much it can be, but little by little, it does add up and it's yeah. necessary. In order, especially because, like I said, I am Sheila Jackson's lead retirement plan. She's been there for 28 years mm. doing nothing for our community. It is time that we get a representative that really cares for our community and for the benefit of our community and the improvement of the way of living 
in 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 district 80 and because you know the median salary in our district is 36,000 a year and we can improve that than offering yeah. like trade education that does not leave any death on the people and is so badly needed yeah that's good carmen maria montiel thank you so much really appreciate your time that's awesome thank you jeremiah thanks for having me and i hope to see you again you know we have many months to come <laughs> yes ma'am i'm sure we'll talk again thank you thank you very much bye-bye awesome mike lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives he created the giza dream bed sheets they look and feel great which means an even better night's sleep for you and me Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. Thankful for the opportunity to speak with Carmen today. Uh, Her perspective is just different. (laughs) We can talk about all these things in theory. We can talk about where we are and so many of the policies that have been put in place and where that may take us if we don't put a stop to it. But her perspective is one of lived experience. And so often that lived experience gives us uh, really what we need to see things correctly. She came from a place that was prosperous and strong. Policies were put in place that changed that and have led to really some horrible consequences in Venezuela, which in many ways has motivated her to say, I lost a country once. I'm not going to lose another one. I'm going to get involved. I love her call to all of us, to anyone, regardless of vocation, regardless of background, to get involved. Get involved in the local level. Get involved on the state or national level, but get involved. We've said this over and over again on this show. If we want to see a change nationally, it will begin locally. We have to get involved locally, and that's where it starts. Thankful for this conversation. If you are not yet subscribed to the Situation Report on your favorite podcast platform, do it now, right now. Wherever you're listening from, make sure you are subscribed. That makes sure you get the content when it is pushed out. Three times a week, we produce content that is designed to be helpful, to give you information and perspectives, and you get that if you are subscribed. We want to make sure you have that. Also, you can watch the video portion of this show, and every one of our episodes is also recorded in video, which you can find on Salem Now, SalemNow.com. You can find all of these videos in the archive of past videos as well. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.